0: So welcome, everybody, to episode 15 of the Talk Chalk Talk podcast. 15, Bert, can you believe it? 15 episodes deep. Thank you for everybody listening so far as a reminder we live stream these every wednesday night at 8 p.m on youtube so thank you for those of you who are tuning in live to catch our takes maybe get some hot tips that you may not that you may miss if you're listening to us recorded but i don't want to waste too much breath on anything other than the super bowl that we just witnessed if you can't tell by my homage background to the los angeles rams i'm a very happy guy this week i cashed some futures. Burke, we're thinking of naming our firstborn Cooper Doolittle. What do you think?
1: I think Donald Doolittle would actually be kind of funny. Donny D.
0: Donald Duck <laughs> Doolittle. Aaron Aaron Donald Duck Doolittle. I like it. Yeah, two two uh, outstanding performances. Big time team performance from the Rams. We're we're going to recap the whole game. We're going to really dive into it this week. Um, and first, though, I guess we should start with the lighter side of things. Uh, the commercials. And the halftime show, you have any input on either?
1: Yeah, I thought, I thought the halftime show for starters was absolutely fantastic. It lived up to the mm-hmm. hype. It was simple. They didn't try to over exaggerate like the theatrics behind it. And, uh, it was just the OGs coming together, playing the hits. Everybody was vibing in that place. Uh, it was, it was a was clinic hearing those guys again, live and all of them coming together. Uh, I thought it was an awesome, awesome show, one of the best, if not the best, in the last fifteen years by far.
0: yeah. I mean, I thought it was pretty good. i I don't think it was the best. Um you know, it was good. I, I liked the artist, obviously, it was nice to see hip hop get the stage on the halftime show, probably the first time hip-hop has gotten the stage on a halftime show. So that's pretty cool. Nice to see like, you know we're we're probably getting a little older because these are the hip-hop artists that were coming that up we, when up we with. were oh, yeah, that we were growing up with. Yeah, so it was kind of neat to see that uh, for sure, very nostalgic. Um, but, yeah, very, very nostalgic. Um, and they all did a good job. Would have liked to see a little bit more Eminem. He only got lose yourself, and that was it. I would have liked to see a little bit more of him. Um, and I just think I, I used to think the halftime shows were like bigger. Am I wrong? Am I missing something? Like they used to have just more to them.
1: No, yeah. I know they're on a they're on a 15-minute time limit now. So in order to get like a lot of those things choreographed and get everybody their own screen time, you kind of have to split it up evenly. It would have yeah. been nice to give Snoop Dogg a solo because he was teamed up with Dr. Dre the entire time. Um, but they also surprised us bringing in 50 Cent with his How about original that? classic? That was that was pretty cool to see a mimic of his uh, of his music video back in the day. But uh,
0: pretty cool, yeah. And also, he's I, I got a text from our friend Larry that uh, he's looking more like 75 Cent these days. Guys put on a couple pounds.
1: Yeah, but I I think it's cool that uh, Dr. Dre was like the 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 link to all of them. And like he was the one that like worked with each and every one of them and brought them up and got them to the to, to the careers that they've obviously went on to have. Uh, and it was pretty cool to see them all merge together at the very end, just vibing out to Dre's smash hit still Dre. I, I thought that was very, very cool.
0: Yeah, no, pretty cool. I'll give it I'll give it about an eight out of ten, eight and a half out of ten. No complaints about it at all. I didn't really pay attention to the commercials much. Um, you did though. And you say one stands out above the rest.
1: Yeah. I usually you get a bunch of commercial. Like I, I don't understand. Sometimes you have like an entire year to figure out what to put as your best product in front of the entire nation, the entire world for 30 seconds. And some of the ideas that were thrown out there this past week, and it was just like, what do you think? How does this, how does this get approved? And then, I feel like it's just a waste of millions of dollars. But one company that did get it correct, in my opinion, was Chevy, where they did the, uh, the Sopranos intro um, and then reuniting uh, the two kids at the very end who played uh, the brother and sister of uh, Tony Soprano uh, at the end. And that was pretty cool to see. And I thought that was extremely well done. Uh, little Again, more nostalgia. Going along with that theme with the halftime show to get those back. Uh, so a lot of people in the late 90s, early 2000s uh, really got their money's worth this year and uh, yeah. glad to have witnessed all of it.
0: Yeah, agreed. I, I guess I don't remember that one. I I really would be hard pressed to remember a single commercial from the Super Bowl, I guess, uh, other than the Coinbase ad. It's super cool to see a Coinbase ad as somebody who's uh, interested in crypto. Did you catch that one with like the uh, the little QR code moving across the screen?
1: yeah apparently uh just throwing the qr code out there for a minute uh it blew up that app yeah it did it crashed their app people for a little bit just which is downloaded it and it was like a it's very pretty strategic cool. move very simple but very effective
0: very effective and of course we're all watching it waiting for that qr code to go perfectly in the corner like that episode of the office right oh Where yeah classic menu. classic we, we had a couple people over here and we erupted when it did it finally hit the corner yeah um, and I know this is a gambling pod, not a crypto pod. But for some people making their tweet rounds out there, that crypto sucks because you never see advertisements for money. It's not an advertisement for crypto; it's an advertisement for the exchange, which is the same as a Wells Fargo commercial or Fidelity commercial, which you see all the effing time. So I don't want to. I don't want to get on my crypto soapbox, but uh, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, let's, but uh,
1: let's go let's let's get to the game.
0: Let's get to the game. Let's get to the important part. Let's let's get to the Rams, man. They did it. They cashed my ticket. I can't I can't believe it, and yet I can believe it because I've been preaching it all along. And again, to toot my own horn for a second, a lot of people probably picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl, and probably like seven other teams as well. I didn't place a single futures bet on any other team other than the Rams, um, and I hope that some of you have joined me. One of our followers, Donovan, uh, won my contest midseason where I gave away part of my ticket. Um, and at the time I forget when it was like November or something, but he received $500 today as part of a 14 to one odds ticket. Um, and I sent that to him today. So congratulations to Donovan. Congratulations to us all. Uh, thanks for those who rode. Um, I, I did hedge and then I unhedged. And what I did was actually started with the Bengals plus three as my hedge. And I took that at plus plus one twenty five odds, um, And then when they went down early, I actually cashed it out. So I cashed it out at a little profit. And then at some point in the game, I took them plus six again at like plus 120 odds. And then by the end of the game, I had cashed that out too. So I actually made a little bit of money on that. They would have pushed the plus three. So my initial hedge would have paid me back and I would have lost no money hedging. So I did it right. But most of that game, I was unhedged. What do you think about that strategy?
1: I mean, I I thought I didn't hedge the game either. I was one sided on my picks here think thinking where the money was going on this game fade fade the money a little bit um that was my thought process and again a lot of the money was on the rams we had talked about that last week or in on side conversations between me and you and i felt like vegas may have been a little off with the line uh more favor in the rams than they should have i thought the game was gonna be a lot closer than it was which i turned out to be on the right side of things but in your respect you had you had quite a bit of dough out there exposed and I'm sure watching that game you were a little bit nervous on your end uh, especially with the Bengals with the lead so late Uh, I would have been sweating a little bit if I was in your shoes
0: yeah I mean we can cut right to it I, I think you know I don't approve of hedging normally because again, we've said this before, it's a negative EV, a negative expected value, right? If you have conviction in something and you believe it to be true and you get close to it being correct, you don't want to hedge and take yourself out of a win. I think the only hedge that made sense was for me to take the Bengals plus three, which is a key number, which means I can get that at plus money and theoretically win both. I don't, I wouldn't have taken the Bengals money line and guaranteed a loss one way or the other, you know? So I think that's the only real strategy that made sense for me. Um, but I did end up cashing it out, and surprisingly, and you can back this up from the people that were here, I was nervous, but I w- I never wavered from the fact that I thought the Rams were going to win the game. I-, I never thought that the Bengals were in a controlling position in that game. Now, I know it was tight, and I know they were actually up for the majority of the fourth quarter, um, but I-, I just never really wavered from the Rams pick. I think I would have picked them in the moment. I almost hedged on the final drive, and if you want to take a guess, so the, the Rams score the touchdown, they go up three, right? There's a, a, what, like a minute and 10 left or something. Yeah. And Burrow gets the ball back. I think it's a touchback, right? On the 25. Yeah. If you want to take a guess at what the Bengals live money line odds were at that moment? Down three with the ball, a minute, 10 left.
1: Well, at that point, Burrow's playing hurt, obviously. So kind of takes away the, his running. It was probably, you're probably still like plus plus one sixty. 170.
0: Yeah. So I think like a Mahomes in that scenario is probably like minus 110 or even odds, right? right?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, the Bengals were plus 265 at that moment. And I know because that's the first time I checked my phone to say, I-, I need to throw like a grand or two on this just to cover my ass at that point, right? And I didn't. And one of my friends here actually talked me out of it. I'm very thankful because I would have lost that bet, but plus 265 seemed a little high. So maybe it's the fact that he was hurt maybe it's the fact that they knew the Rams defense was the best unit on the field. And like, it would come down to that, but they were, you know, across midfield seemingly in five seconds. Um, and and that could have very easily gone to overtime and cash your plus nine something bet.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I know they were playing, it looked like they were going to be playing for overtime, just get McPherson in range to get a kickoff, um, yeah. give him a shot. Basically, he's been money the entire playoffs. Again, he didn't miss again on Sunday, but uh yeah, credit to the best unit on the field, which was that Rams pass rush coming up yeah, big in yeah. the biggest moment of the game.
0: Yeah, well, they they really showed up. Um, and uh, we we have a couple couple of people in the chat talking about how Ken was unhedged and unhinged at the same time, because those words were basically interchangeable for my thought process for the last 10 minutes of that Super Bowl. Um, I was going nuts, but it, it was I'm sure it was you fun.
1: were. I'm sure you I, it, were.
0: It was fun, man. It all worked out in the end. And let's just say this was the worst possible outcome for the books. The favorite wins the game, so all the underlying or the um, underdog money lines don't cash, but the favorite doesn't cover. So not only do you have underdog money lines not paying, you have favorites where the money is not paying, and you had the under. The under hit, and you and I knew the under was going to hit, although it was scary early. Um, the under did hit, so favorite or uh, you know the public loves the overs. The public loves the favorites, and the pub public does not usually take the plus points with the dogs. They usually take them outright. So, um, you know this, or I'm sorry, this was the best possible outcome for the books, which is insane.
1: Agreed. Um, except, except for well, yes, because on on the spread, uh, the mo- the big money was all over uh, the Rams on this one. So, right. But you, also, have, you
0: had a lot of public money on the Bengals money line, not yeah. plus the points on the yeah, money yeah, line. The, the
1: money line play was definitely the Bengals, but on the spread, it, the the big money was on the Rams. And right, uh, with so the that, books really made out. Buck, the books did well. Um, I played, I played the fade on that one, uh, watching the money go over the last two weeks, and uh, decided to settle on the Bengals covering the spread. And again, you had mentioned it right before the game. Uh, Again, backing your your Rams statement, you didn't feel that they, they the Bengals could get it done. So the safe play would be to go with the spread, and that's exactly what happened.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it worked out to be a perfect middle. And it's funny, so, you know, the, the line was four all week. And you knew if you were a Rams better, you had to take the four because you knew it was going to four and a half. Or if you studied anything, you knew it was going to four and a half eventually. So if you liked the Rams, you got them at minus four or minus three and a half when it opened. That extra point looms incredibly large now for Rams backers. Um, and it costs a lot of people at least a push on the spread. And as soon as that missed extra point, it happens. You know you're in trouble if you're a Rams minus four, right? You just know it's going to come back to bite you at some
1: point. Yeah, and somehow I took that bet a lot earlier than I wanted to and I got the line at four and a half, which I would have been safe either way. But a lot Plus of people... Plus four and a half though, yeah. Yes, but a lot of people got that line... I think at least on FanDuel that it ended game line was minus four and a half or four and a half. It
0: was, it was four and a half. And that's what I'm saying. If you were a Rams better, you knew you had to take the minus four because it wasn't. And we discussed uh, Caesars dropped it to three and a half for about 12 hours in the middle of the week. They took a lot of Rams action on that. They were just trying to gauge the appetite for it at three and a half, but it didn't matter. It never got to Rams minus three, right? So if you took, if you were on the Ram side of this, you got them at three and a half or you got them at four, you lost either way. If you're on the Bengals side of this and you're a smart Bengals better, you knew you were going to get a a four-and-a-half line eventually because you knew the money would come in on the Rams. Yep. And if you waited, which Burke did, so props to you, man, even though it's un-American to fade your co-host.
1: You got them plus plus four-and-a-half. I did not fade you. I did not fade you. I just said the Bengals would cover, not win the game.
0: You're right. You got them plus four-and-a-half, which was the wise move. So if you were a Bengals better and you got them at minus four or or plus four or plus three-and-a-half, that's on you um and well actually yeah no they covered that didn't they yeah
1: they covered they lost by and three. And three and a half they lost by yeah. three
0: uh so it would have been on you if that extra point was made uh I guess is the point right because well that would have been the
1: difference between three and four so the three right. and a half so would have been to, messed you need up to be
0: a smart better is my point you knew that if you were on the Bengals end you knew it was going to four and a half you should have waited because in theory that game should have been a four-point game uh and it wasn't it also could have been a 10-point game which I think if that Odell Beckham injury doesn't happen, that seems like a huge point in the game. Beckham was the uh, number one target for Stafford in the early part of that game. It looked like he was going to be open all game. Stafford underthrows him a little bit. And unfortunately, it was a non-contact, really bad injury as soon as it happened. I feel bad for the guy because he was on pace to maybe be that MVP. He looked like it anyway.
1: And again, that... That fell right into our projection that the Rams were going to try and get him involved early. Yeah. And they've that was their game plan throughout this entire playoffs. And again, it was working very, very well. Obviously, he scored the first touchdown of the game. Yeah. Uh momentum was looking good. But uh did see a tweet from uh Debo Samuel after the game about um, the turf. And uh basically saying that the NFL should just get rid of all turf. Um and I'd I'd like to see a study of how many non contact knee injuries there have been in the NFL yeah. on uh turf versus grass um to see what Yeah, I what would that, too. I would, I would be is.
0: interested to see that. Um I don't I don't know if it makes a difference. Maybe I guess we'd have to see the numbers, right? The point <laughs> what, what is that? Uh, your point your bicep. What is that? No, mean? we got
1: a comment in the group about a short sleeve sweatshirt so I just want to show off the guns a little oh, bit.
0: Oh, nice, nice. Uh good good way to keep an eye on the chat. Appreciate it. So, um I don't know if that really does make a difference. I think Stafford's underthrow made a difference and maybe he's planting wrong or whatever, but that, I, you know, whatever, that's unfortunate for him. Uh, I had him first touchdown. I pitched him anytime touchdown at plus plus one twenty. So good job for everybody who hopped on that. We yeah, knew Beckham I, was going to be involved. And unfortunately we took it, or I took all of his overs and so he was going to smash him. man. They were like 62 one, and a half and he left the game before halftime with 52. Of course
1: the one Beckham bet I followed you on didn't hit. And all the, I should have followed you on the touchdown bets, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but I'm gonna say if if he doesn't get hurt, that 62 and a half is easy cover. Oh, he's
0: covering 100 because he he had 52, and then that drop on the third grab would have given him seven or eight more, so he's got 60 before halftime, maybe another catch, and obviously they keep him involved late. Um, so so I think he's on his way to 100. We knew he'd score, we were on the right read of that. Unfortunately, he goes out and there's nothing you can do about it. You, so can't, you, can't, all right. you
1: can't predict an injury when you, you you're can't projecting out an games. Injury.
0: Yeah. What you also can't predict is Sean McVay going away from the run game. He was running the ball like he thought they were being successful. And there has never been a team with a least effective uh, run performance that actually won the Super Bowl. So, man, what are they thinking? Running the ball. So many times and having Cam Akers just get one yard and nothing else.
1: Hey, I was I was happy with him getting involved early with my futures MVP bet, getting getting three touches on in the first four plays of the sure, game. Sure, and his first but, carry was like five yards. But literally what they the way that offense is set up. They need to throw to set up the run. They gotta, they gotta get everybody back and run like redraws, uh, so they can get this, some space for these running backs. Because obviously Acres is still coming back from that Achilles injury. He's definitely not hundred uh, percent. And then you got a couple other guys who are just banged up and haven't been proven in uh, the NFL. Obviously Sony Michelle, but he was in that Patriots offense with James White. Uh, they were a little bit more set up to to run the ball more effectively than the Rams. And neither of these guys are Todd Gurley. So it's it's McVay again. Um it's two straight Super Bowls and two straight offensive performances that make you question if something's just if he's just trying to stick with the analytics or he's not reading the game right. I could see him maybe flowing towards the analytics with some of these play calls, but you gotta, I mean, you more, gotta look there's... with your eyes. You gotta you got a future Hall of Fame quarterback, and we'll get to that later, uh, running your show. You got two of the two elite wide receivers, get them the football and let them make plays instead of trying to establish something that you know won't work and really hasn't worked throughout the playoffs, even even mostly the entire season. I mean, I get it to an extent at the
0: start of the game. The Bengals don't have a great run D and you have, you know, three-headed monster essentially in the backfield and they wanted to rely on Cam Akers a lot this year before he got hurt, but they just don't need it. They don't really need to run at all. And Matt Stafford in the first half off under center drop back play action. So out of the shot or not out of the shotgun play action. Four for five, 45 yards, one touchdown. I don't know if McVay understands and I I guess coaches as a whole, because I think McVay is a very good coach. And I think he's incredibly smart in 95% of these aspects, but it's the other five that really stand out. I don't think that coaches get, you do not have to run the ball effectively to have an effective play action game. I like running on first and 10 to get to second and eight does nothing for your play action game. You can just as easily throw a pass on first down and do play action on second down. After that, you don't have to run the ball 20 times for 15 yards throughout the game to establish that. Why even run? Do they get this? Like do coaches still think you have to establish a run game to do play action because you don't
1: No, And obviously the Packers, well, the Packers have a good run game, but they, they're kind of backwards a little bit. Um, Sure. But they they have a little bit more talent than the Rams do there. But even even in the Chiefs' offense too, you you don't have that elite elite running back that's going to establish the run. You right. get the ball in your playmakers' hands as often as possible, and then uh, you 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 use that. You use your primary options to set up your secondary options, and not vice versa. And the Rams right. seem to be doing it backwards, which probably cost them. You'd think maybe a, a cover on the spread. Definitely cost him a cover, and and you think if this game goes sideways
0: the other way, if Burrow completes that fourth down pass somehow, they get in field goal range or whatever, you know, a couple plays go the wrong way. McVay's now got the stink of two Super Bowls scoring three points in one and maybe scoring under 20 in the other one and losing to an inferior Bengals team, right? But he didn't. They won, so, you know, it's all erased, and, and he gets to have a Super Bowl ring as a coach, and I think he deserves it, so good for him. But there's a lot of, you know, very close calls to say McVay could have had two very disappointing Super Bowls on the Bengals side of things. um, I give them a lot of credit defensively. I thought something that stood out is our man Sweet Lou again. He didn't fall into the blitz trap. He must have been listening to us last week, knowing that Matt Stafford is an elite quarterback, the best quarterback in the league against the blitz and a bottom 10 quarterback against the league without the blitz. He did not blitz for most of this game but he also did not go to the other end of the spectrum, right? And and rush three and drop eight. He was rushing four, dropping seven a lot, sometimes bringing an extra rusher. He really didn't have too many disguised blitzes. Do you think we see more of that rush three, drop eight as time goes on? Like, do you think coaches, I think they're afraid to do it right now, but do you think as we see more reliance on the pass and more quarterbacks being better under pressure, do you think we see that drop eight more in the coming years?
1: I could definitely see it happening. Um, just you, you got, you got such talent at the quarterback position through the NFL that can really put the ball wherever they want across the board. Um, teams are going to try and take that away and against with a team, like the Rams, if, if you take their strength away and force them to try to run the football or dump the football off and play two, three yards at a time, that really limits what that offense can do. And I I think you're going to start to see defenses adapt um to this new style of offense that we're seeing and uh the Bengals have established a blueprint on how to be successful against it credit they didn't win the game but uh they beat the chiefs who were a more prolific passing offense than the rams in the last several years twice um and had a shot in this game when not a lot of people thought they had a chance to win and they were they were one one play away from uh potentially sending that game to overtime and yep. you never know with with the coin flip they, they could get the ball and that's it.
0: That's not a, a road I want to go down now and it's fortunate you know in a way, I know you had the overtime bet. It's fortunate that we don't have to talk about the overtime rules after the Super Bowl. Um, but I mean it would have it, it was a good game. it would have been an instant classic obviously if it goes to overtime. This is the second year in a row though that we're talking about a depleted offensive line being probably the reason that a team loses the Super Bowl. Absolutely last year, we saw Mahomes run for his life and still, you know, put on one of the best quarterback performances I've ever seen in a Super Bowl, and it'll get lost to time because they got crushed. Mahomes was fantastic last year. Burrow was okay. I think he, you know, he didn't make a mistake, um, but he he didn't do anything special. But the O-line, again, is the reason that a team loses the Super Bowl. And maybe it's the Rams' defensive line, so I don't want to give the Bengals too much shit, but you know, it they they have to be better on the O line.
1: Yeah. And I think that's gonna be at least the priority this offseason for the Bengals in order to get back and get over the hump and be become a world champion. You gotta you gotta strengthen the trenches. If you can't protect your your uh, franchise quarterback, uh the elite defensive lines will tear you apart. And that's ha- that happened against Tennessee. Uh that happened against the Rams in the right. Super Bowl. And right. uh you need to protect your best assets and They've they've got the skill, they've got the skill positions now kind of settled where you don't need to go out and draft another wide receiver, or you don't have yep. to go and draft another running back. Go go fill those positions on the offensive line. Maybe go get another defensive guy to get some pressure if you're going to start to fade back. Um, a guy who's very good in the pass rush doesn't need uh, linebackers coming over the top to to help get home. Um, I do like what the Bengals are doing, and but obviously two straight Super Bowls, the weaker offensive line cost of the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, And, you know, that takes us to a great segue as far as the best plays of the game. Right. So we'll talk about a couple of the best and maybe a couple of the worst and a couple of them that directly affected the outcome. The best play of the game to me is not, it's, it's kind of a toss up between Cooper cups, entire final last drive, because that was an incredible showing from a wide receiver. Not only does he get the fourth and one call on a run, and I'd I'd like to dive into that play a little bit more. I think he catches four balls on that drive, plus two touchdowns, one that was taken off the board, and he got popped in the head, helmet to helmet. And then the very next player, two plays later, he catches the game-winning touchdown, plus he draws two holding calls inside the the end zone or inside the 10-yard line. Unbelievable drive from him. But the play that I really want to talk about is the third and one with the Bengals on the final drive. Uh, for some reason, they they hand off to um, P Ryan, and Mixon isn't even in the game. And I don't know if you've seen the replay of this, but I've watched it probably fifty times. Aaron Donald is like pushing whoever the offensive lineman is with his right hand. He pushes him back, grabs Samaje P Ryan with his same right hand, and just like tug of war,s a human backwards. And in 95% of instances, maybe 99, Samaje gets like this much more room and that's a first down. Aaron Donald didn't let him go anywhere. You see his helmet, P. Ryan's helmet, emerge on one side of Aaron Donald and get yanked back on the other side. It's maybe the best defensive play I've ever seen.
1: He, he is a man among boys. He's, he's been the best defensive player in the league the last five, six years. There's, there's literally no doubting what he can do um and big time players make big time plays and big time games that's the old the old saying and when the rams needed a play you go with your ace and he came up big and he's been doing that for years and um i just i don't again it's it's i don't know if it's a panic or there's just confusion with personnel that's got to be in um but in a two-minute situation Unless somebody's injured, you gotta have your best players on the field trying to get you the yards you need to get yourself in position to score and tie that game or a chance to win. And uh right. whether it's whether it's inexperience or not having enough big time games like that, something I think the coaching staffs, you kind of you can't just like be prepared for it. You gotta live it. And yeah, again, just uh questionable decision with personnel on the field at the end of that game and uh well there's two questions and a questionable play call too i think i think you probably yeah. try and get get the ball in the chase's hands as as often as you can um on that last drive get make sure burrow's getting it out of his hands quick because he knew he had a bad knee at that point wasn't going to be able to scramble around that and you saw that as a result of the fourth fourth down play where donald just ran over the guy and, and caught bro before he had a chance to scramble out of the pocket and if he got out of that pocket he's probably running for another 10 15 yards my my block of the year covers right there but oh we're getting to that
0: don't think i'm letting you off the hook there
1: a bad knee bad knee and all it's best, the best player on the field was aaron donald and he made the biggest play of the game yes and, uh if you're an opposing team you gotta you gotta try whatever you can do to take that away and either run the play away from him or the get the ball to a playmaker that can make a play and uh, unfortunately p ryan know he's a good player but he's not the person you want in that situation
0: so a couple angles there one zach taylor i don't know if you saw he said that it was his fault he didn't get the play call in on time and that was why mixon wasn't on the field um, and why they ran it so take that for what you will maybe that's a coaching error it probably is a coaching error um but mixon's their best offensive player it's not burrow it's not chase it's joe mixon he's their best all-around offensive player he needs to at least be on the field for like a threat of run right but aaron donald makes that third down stop which is incredible if you haven't seen the highlight go watch it and then he almost sacks burrow on fourth down which is if not the play of the game the second best play of the game right and he you know if he gets that sack maybe he wins the mvp i don't know but it it was him literally all him on the last drive stopping the bengal's from getting any more yards yep. and they probably only needed a couple more to get you know mcpherson within range
1: i'm sure I, if they if they had a shot around like the 40 35 40 I think you give him a long. shot
0: from like 65
1: I, yeah you, you he's he's been solid all year you, you if they get over the 50 you probably give him a shot and you at least give him a
0: chance right and i mean if he misses from 65 67 whatever if he makes it it's one of the best kicks ever uh, yeah, especially yeah. one of the most important kicks up there with like the snow kick and everything it's, but, if he um, if
1: he had if he hit a game-winning field goal from 65 yards in the super bowl i would consider yeah, that the, the best kick of all time
0: yeah well it would have been tying right but it's still if they end up winning the game then it's right in theory a game-winning kick Um, Donald also underrated another sequence I want to talk about. So they get, um, you know, the Higgins touchdown, which is coming up next. And then Stafford throws a tip ball interception and the Bengals are on like the Rams 30 and Aaron Donald sacks Burrow two times in a row. If they had scored a touchdown there, the game might have gotten away from the Rams and they would have been up, I think 14 at that point. Uh, and Donald let them get nothing and they have to settle for a field goal. Money MacNet nails it but they don't take command of the game at that point, and that's Aaron Donald as well. How about the Higgins face mask, though, man? Coming out of the second half, um, T. Higgins gets a 75-yard touchdown from Joe Burrow. Literally yanked Jalen Ramsey's head 90 degrees. No call. That seems kind of relevant.
1: Yeah, I feel like, Ramsey should have made more of a case there but I
0: don't think he was fighting enough right like I don't, I don't think yeah, he complained I mean, enough.
1: If, if it's something that blatant and it doesn't get called you got to fight especially if the play results in a touchdown now literally right, right out of gates of the second half that happened um I I don't know what Ramsey was thinking um but inexcusable that that's that does not get called in that situation by that
0: that's a bad miss by the refs and I know and I'm not you know I obviously I, I won on my bet so I'm not complaining about it at all but if that outcome had been different, I'm glad that it wasn't different. Let's put it that way, because that play was so pivotal. It was right out of halftime. It gave the Bengals, um, you know, some life essentially. And um, I'm I'm glad that it ultimately didn't factor into the outcome of the game. I know you could say there's some missed calls on both sides, but that one just seemed pretty, pretty pivotal. It almost seemed like it was, you know, the refs might've thought he was flopping because it was so dramatic, right? His head turned so much that they may have thought like, no, it can't be that he pulled his helmet that much. Uh, but obviously on the replay, he did. That's yeah, why I stand that there they should they be were, no refs were, if they can't get these things right.
1: Yeah, and there were a couple other questionable calls or questionable no calls that you had You had some blatant false starts on the offensive line. I don't know if it was on one side or both sides. Probably. There's, a, there's yeah. a situation where Aaron Donald was lined up literally off sides and they didn't call it. Um, I don't know if it was the camera view or whatever, but he was based on the view that I saw, he was clearly offsides, not called. I think it led to a sack. Um, yeah. but to, for the NF I'd be disappointing the NFL right now, just because if that's, if that's who you consider the elite refing team. Um, I know, I know they don't have their, like their normal teams. Um, the refs, they, they kind of like pick and choose from different squads. Cause usually throughout the season, that same crew refs each game together throughout the season. But for the Super Bowl, you got, they're pulling guys from different crews together. So, but. If they're supposed to be the best you got, you got to be able to make the calls that are correct. And the ones that are blatantly obvious, it's just, it's just a bad product on their end. Just. To, well, and it sucks because for, so for many the most part, like that.
0: they swallowed their whistle and there were not a lot of penalties called until the end of the game. And I thought for the most part, right? Like they did a pretty good job staying out of it.
1: Right. But um, if a penalty is a penalty,
0: just a you couple gotta call it. You gotta call it if it's something as blatant as the face mask getting ripped to turn the guy's head around, you gotta call it. I don't mind them missing some holding calls here and there. Like I would rather them not call holds and stuff right. because it's it's so dramatic. But you know, stuff like that. Um, whatever. And if you want to say it evened out with a ticky tack Cooper Cup hold on the final drive, then guess what? It evened out, you know what I mean? And and I think for the most part, the refs did a fine job in this game. They did not factor into the final outcome. Is that fair?
1: No, they they didn't No, it was not questionable calls, but nothing that directly impacted the final result. Of the right. Game.
0: For the most part, I thought they did a good job of staying out of it. So good job to all the reps that I'm sure are watching us. Um, but hey, let's let's talk about our bets. Um, we had some good ones, we had some bad ones, but of course we're here to only talk about the good ones. Um, and then we'll mention some bad ones going away. But best bets first. So I had Trey Hendrickson of the Bengals to record a sack at minus 130. Uh, he scored the first sack of the game. So was I got first, that out of the, was the way. It
1: right. first, first defense possession for the Rams. You nailed that great start. First
0: play, or for one of the first plays of the game, I got that. Beckham first touchdown, I talked about that was plus 900 when I grabbed it, down to like plus 600 by kick. So good timing there. Beckham anytime touchdown was plus 120. Uh, I pitched that one. Burrow under 272 and a half passing yards. So that one hits. And it's funny because he goes over his initial prop of 250 something. He I, What did he get? Something in the 260s. So he goes over the opening line. And under the closing line. So if you liked him to go over, you had to take that one early. If you liked him to go under and you got the late line, you win that one. And first half, under 24 points. How about that mixed extra point for me, man? Because it landed 13 10 on 23. It was down to 23 and a half by kickoff. Ultimately, it didn't matter. Under wins again.
1: Dude, dude first half unders in primetime games this year have almost been as much of a lock and I'm surprised we haven't really preached them as much as we have kind of just sitting on the Steelers side of things but yeah. across the board uh in most primetime games you go under in that first half it I'd be, I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if it's hitting at a 70 to 75% clip which is something yeah, I'd, have to, I'd have to double check or it's at least in the we games should, that
0: we think are trending under, right. If we think the game in general goes under the first half's usually going under. Yeah. And
1: something we should probably look at and kind of stress a little bit more going into next season as for some of us that are preaching locks, maybe my record gets a little bit better if I just hammer first half unders and that's it. Um, but uh, next year's and, year, yeah, year. And I think
0: that's something maybe we examine, you know, one of these episodes in the coming month, weeks or months, we'll talk about some strategies that we can learn from, from this year going into next year. Um, but go ahead and tout some of your best bets that you had winners from this Sunday.
1: Yeah. Well, I kind of split overall, I think in the picks that we posted on Twitter, I think I went five and five, but, uh, I think
0: we a uh,
1: couple, couple of the big ones, but obviously I had a four unit bet on the Bengals plus four and a half. So that was a big cash. And I had a two unit bet on the under 48 and a half, which also hit. So I ended up being in the green on the day nice. by plus, plus 120 some dollars, which was good. Nice. Uh, McPherson over one and a half field goal attempts cake even though it was at minus 176 free money
0: yeah uh, delay a little vig for that. it turned out to be the right number though didn't it he only got two attempts yeah
1: yeah and he only got two attempts made both but uh i i felt they were gonna he was gonna get at least two in there and um which we were correct there uh knew they were going to try and target chase had a couple of big plays in the game. So his over 78 and a half, I know you, I think you got him at a lower number. His, his, his total flew up right before game time. It was, I got him actually under 80 and a
0: half. And so I lose, but he would have gone under if not for that last 12 yard catch. Right. So we were both kind of right right where he didn't get utilized. Like I thought he wouldn't, Uh, But then he goes over the number because he gets a catch on the last drive, so you win that one. uh, Yeah, so yeah, so
1: I won that one. Missed on the uh, uh, missed on the total receptions by I think I think he finished with four, probably Um, four. And I got we got it at five and a half, so that was a bad. Yeah, maybe I should
0: have gone under that.
1: And then the other the other lock of the year was a Stafford INT. I felt the we were right. The Bengals were going to play back and force Stafford to make throws, and eventually he was going to he was going to throw a pick. And yeah, pretty happy that that one. And so
0: he throws two. Surprisingly, I don't think either of them were much his fault. The first one was probably Van's fault for going over instead of going under, and it's a, t- a toss-up in the end zone. And the second one was a tip ball. Um, so Stafford somehow throws two picks, neither of them being his fault. But you you definitely called that one good job. Um, over two-and-a-half pass throwers. That was a fun one that I had at plus 170. We ended up with four pass throwers. And yeah. five, technically, if you count Hecker on the botched extra point, which doesn't go in the books as a pass attempt. Um, but there were five individuals who threw the ball in this game. That's pretty crazy, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And we, we had talked about that last week and I'm, I'm, it's always a fun one. I wish I, I could have, I did not find that bet, unfortunately. So I couldn't place it, but I felt like that was something that I could have, I was going to it's, it's, it's always
0: a fun one, and I have no research on it or anything. But obviously, you have the two quarterbacks. Mixon actually throws a touchdown, so there's another bet, bet out there over two and a half touchdown throwers, which I think is like six or seven to one. Which is yeah, that
1: violent. was that, that was a good bet if you cup, took that one. But again, throws, it, it, again. This this is a situation where it's the last game of the year. You don't have to hide anything in the playbook. Right, you let it rip, and and you, you kind of get in those those goal line situations. You got to throw something different at a defense and uh obviously the Bengals were executing on it they scored the running back throw right. for the touchdown uh but uh something definitely to consider next year for sure yeah. especially yeah, two with, with two with two offensive minds this creative you got to look for something wacky here or there and we had there was a uh a, a philly special run that was incomplete yeah i mean they had it the attempt they was had there. it
0: um they had a complete cup, just missed them. And Stafford probably would have got lit up anyway. So probably better that he missed them, but we had four throwers. And it's funny because you look at that over two and a half. Who's the guy you think that would be throwing that the third individual it's Beckham, right? I think
1: it's OBJ because he goes out
0: and you still get four or five people throwing the ball, which is crazy. So that's always a fun one to look at some of the worst bets that I had some bad beats. Uh, Something that always makes my bet slip is the second half will be a higher scoring than the first half. These teams came out much more determined to their script and much more effective than I thought they would. So that's a loser. They're like killing the first quarter. there. Uh Beckham over 62 and a half yards, obviously a bad beat for me. He was well on his way to getting that. Um, oh, one I forgot to talk about in my best bets was Rams team sacks over three and a half, they got to seven. So that smashed pretty easily and there wasn't much big on that. Um, and the worst bet, the worst beat that I had was Bengals first drive to end in a punt. So I don't know if you remember this, but I, they get to about midfield and it's fourth and one and they go they for it. Went, they and they don't it get it. Short, yeah. So they don't get any points, but also I don't win that bet because I bet it in a punt. I should have just bet no points laid a little more big and, and took that one, but that's a bad beat for me. How about you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was on the same side with Beckham. If he, if he doesn't get hurt that, that overcash Snashes is easy it. and we're, we're fine. Yep. Uh, discussed chase five and a half receptions. He was short of that by one and a half, I believe. Uh, probably my worst bet of the day. And again, it was the one that I guarantee a lock last week was burrow over 11 and a half rush yards, obviously reaggravating a previous knee injury from December is what the Bengals described it today, um, as a sprained MCL, uh, really hurt your chances to run when you have a bum knee. And I wish I had, I, I wish it didn't happen, but it happened. He got tackled and rolled up and it, I thought he was going to come out of the game. I thought he was done. I thought that was going to be Everything. the nail in the coffin for the bangles. That was it. But props to him for gutting that one out and at least getting in the rest of that game and giving them a chance to win. Fortunately, he gets, he gets, if he has two fresh knees, he maybe gets out of the pocket on Aaron Donald. He doesn't get him on that last play. He scrambles for 10, ten, eleven. I don't, yards. I don't want to
0: hear these excuses. The guy I'm has not, three rushing yards through three. Yeah, now. Well, we're sitting, quarters, we're sending right? an
1: excuse for OBJ. It's a, it's an injured situation, and it's, it it and it's it is what it is. And I was short on it and again. I'm zero two now in locks of the year. Oh, and two
0: unlocks of the I year. Can't, can't, I can't. A, I can't. do it anymore. It's, it's already. It's one. already
1: February. So literally January first, I'm going to throw another lock of the year out, and we're going to start it off zero three. But uh, I just got to. I don't know. Maybe 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 I'm. I got a a jinx on me and I I can't do that. (laughs) Or, or if I I throw out a lock of the year, just take the exact opposite and you'll be cashing all day long.
0: I guess so. Um, so, we, I mean, we had some winners, we had some losers. I came out obviously in the green. You came out in the green. Hopefully, our listeners came out in the green from the Super Bowl. It's supposed to be fun, man, right? It's supposed to be a fun game. Spread your money out. Don't get too concentrated in one area. Have some fun with it. Do whatever you want. I'm still not positive if the anthem went over or under. The opening line was a minute 45. So, it did go over that. The line that I had it at was a minute 51. And I timed it at exactly a minute 51 on my phone. So, I, no I
1: actually, I actually missed the national anthem because I, I know you watching, did because I, I was watching. I was watching the playoff of the waste management open um, between Scotty Scheffler and Patrick Cantlay. uh, And I, 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 I lost track of time. And the next thing I know uh, I'm getting texts from you to the Anthem go over under. Like, I don't know. I wasn't watching.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but that's fine. It's a, we, we run a betting podcast. So just, it's just the Super Bowl. Don't worry about it. No, just Um, a
1: small, small game.
0: I think probably the worst beat of the day and the players have to start thinking about this. Joe Burrow shows up in that ridiculous suit and now he has to put on that same suit in a loss and go face the podium these guys got to show up with more thought in mind because that suit was horrible whoever dressed him don't dress him again um but he came out in that Like, did you see that suit it's like the you know the black and white tiger striped suit and looked horrible man he can't be doing that yeah
1: it wasn't his best look but I don't think that affected any way of how the game resulted of course not but it's it's the same as
0: Cam Newton having to wear those fedoras and glasses after he gets smoked 30 to 3 right you gotta you gotta have at least a backup in the wardrobe in case you lose right come out in something else I don't
1: know yeah I don't know if if you gotta be able to take the heat if you don't come up uh, on top so I guess
0: we have a comment in the chat um have you ever considered giving out locks of the week instead of the year because then it doesn't pigeonhole you for the whole 12 months.
1: You know what? I I could start doing that and start fading, everybody start fading the crap out of it. Uh March, we'll, March is a
0: new month, my friend. We can start over.
1: Yeah, February. Nah, February, it's second half of February. First half of February is done. Second half of February, we're we're uh we're turning the tides. We'll, get well hey there. man, it was a great
0: NFL season. One word answer, scale of one to 10. What do you rate that Super Bowl? How good?
1: Probably a solid eight.
0: I, I give it about a seven and a half. You know, it was a close game in the end. There was some garbage in the middle, but ultimately, it was everything I was looking for. Right? Yeah, I had you
1: had you I had, had big fun plays. watching. You had big plays, great performances. Atmosphere was great. You you weren't sure what you're going to get out in LA, but I thought they put on did a great job again. Yeah, weird that it was, was still daytime
0: at the halftime though. That that kind of rubbed me wrong. You know?
1: Yeah, it was. Kind of, I, I thought it was cool, especially because usually for the halftime shows, you, you see like the the stands like like blacked out because it's just so dark out yeah. and but uh seeing like the it's still lit you could see the people with their phones and stuff watch it was kind of cool yeah um, it was cool for some different I, I had no problem with it but uh i thought it was a solid wasn't a stinker like uh the niners and or the the seahawks and broncos several years ago yeah um wasn't the rams patriots 10-3 fiasco uh you had a lot of good plays it was a close game throughout and yeah good uh good game thought it was solid not good the game. best i've ever I, seen but i had fun solid. watching
0: it i had fun watching it it was close my rams win we're rich. That's all you can ask for, right? So let's take a look at some takes from this game. And it's crazy that one game every year makes such a difference on people's legacies, but it does. And that's what we're here to talk about, right? So Matt Stafford wins a Super Bowl. Is he going to the Hall of Fame? He is now. Sure. He is now. Right. Is and now. and it if... shouldn't be that way. He should he he probably should be there regardless because of his career. I, um, dis- but you,
1: I disagree. I disagree. You kind of
0: need. Well, I, I'm looking at it in totality, right? Does this game by itself make it make a difference? Yes, of course. Should it make a, a big difference if he loses this game by three instead of wins by three? Does that change the man's whole career? It, it does, but I, I don't think it should. So I think he plays five or six more years. He racks up a lot more stats. Um, and obviously with one Super Bowl, he's got, you know, he's Brees, going to the Hall of Fame.
1: Bree's only had one Super Bowl and he he's there, right? He, but uh Stafford was going either way. Right? I don't think he was a hall of famer going into this year just because he had never won a playoff game. Obviously he had the stats and everything. He had been no, in the playoffs not. a couple of times, but you kind of felt you had, you had an all wide receiver on your team, maybe possibly bailing you out. So there was a chance that could have been inflated a little bit. Cause just the lions organization is just an absolute dumpster fire. It's been like that for years ever since or since hasn't been solid since Barry Sanders was there. Um, but now you kind of understand how great of a quarterback Stafford is. I mean, one play we didn't even talk about earlier was his no look throw, incredible. Which he he off he, he had the the linebacker turned around so Cup could get around him on the outside and hit him on the uh, the opposite shoulder. The, which was the
0: stones on that man to with, throw no look pass in that Super Bowl moment are incredible.
1: Yeah, is gutsy and obviously best wide receiver this year no doubt about it oh for sure you got you, you got to find a way to set him up and stafford he has done no looks in the past but i don't think any in that kind of moment right. in his career and to be able to execute that to perfection was pretty awesome to see and i'm
0: yeah I'm, and i'm I'm, ex- I'm excited for
1: he he deserved this he went he, through he went through hell in detroit forever um and for him to get a chance on an actual team that could contend with some superstars around him and obviously Brought him a Super Bowl title. So I think he's he is now a lock for the Hall of Fame. Unless yeah, he's definitely unless, getting in. Even if like his the rest of his career is derailed with injuries, I think he's now a lock for the Hall of Fame.
0: He's definitely getting in. And he and he's deserving of it. You know, he's been a good quarterback all these years. Unfortunate that he was in Detroit. But uh, you know, you see him on a good team now. And it says something. The first year he's ever on a good team with McVay, who's a great coach, um, and some talent around him, he wins the Super Bowl. So I think that definitely sends him there. The next interesting question is there's a lot of talk about Aaron Donald retiring. Uh, apparently that's been dismissed today, but I must be missing something. Why would he retire? He's in the prime of his career, right?
1: We've seen, we've seen other guys retire in the prime of their career in the past, obviously with the knowledge of head injuries and he's, he is in the trenches all the time. So he's banging, he's banging around all day long. Um, he has nothing else left to prove at this point. He's arguably, yeah, yeah. he's arguably the best interior defensive lineman the game's ever seen. He now has a Super Bowl under his belt. What else does the man have to yeah. do?
0: And it's funny because you look at, you know, you're so used to guys like Tom Brady who are, you know, the go the quarterback equivalent of Aaron Donald, right? The, the best at his position. And Brady always talks about, you know, raising the bar and having all these standards and he expects to win seven. And that was his goal to win all these Super Bowls. I, Aaron Donald, I heard him talking this week. Uh, It might've been right after the game, honestly, he said something to the effect of, you know, when he came in the league, he didn't expect any of this and he has surpassed every goal he could have ever set for himself. Right. So it's funny to see the two dualities of that with Brady, who says, what's the next goal? And probably a more realistic figure in Aaron Donald, like, Hey man, I never dreamed of being the best player in the league. And here I am, I've already done and achieved and surpassed everything I ever thought I could do for myself. I get it. The guy's got enough money for five lifetimes. Why would he keep doing it unless he's like, you know, in love with playing football? So that's the reason for him to retire, but I don't think he will. Do you?
1: I don't think he will. Maybe if they want another one next year, they, he, he hangs him up. Maybe I this, it's just now you're, you're, you're getting once, obviously he's in the prime of his career right now, but probably teetering in the in the low 30s you're starting to get on the the latter side of the career and potential for injury or a serious injury increases significantly with age um and i'm sure that's that was going through his head and you just you don't know but for him he's in my eyes he has nothing left to prove he is he's a first ballot hall of famer already he was i agree he was before this game and this just This just solidifies him as probably the best interior defensive lineman we've ever seen.
0: Agreed. One word answer. Um, was he the MVP of the Super Bowl? One word, not zero.
1: Yes. I or think says, he should yeah. have. But again, being an interior defensive lineman, you don't yeah. have those glory I- stats, but he did so much to disrupt that offense and he was he was the pivotal guy in leading them to getting seven sacks on Burrow, yeah. Um Because I mean, he, draws, he draws so much attention, and then in the biggest play of the game, where you need to stop, and you know that the offensive line is trying to take you out, and he still finds a way to get out, get through, and get hands on Burrow to make to force an early pass um, to break up that play and seal the game. Cooper yeah, Cup, I, Cooper I don't Cup, think it was wrong. Cooper Cup had right. an unbelievable game. So it, it, honestly. I would have been fine with they co-MVPs. could have done co MVPs, right? They could have, they could have because yeah. I put they they were both equally as important to their team successes on either side of the ball.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't. I didn't have a problem. I wouldn't had a problem if Donald won. I don't have a problem that Cup won. I wouldn't have had a problem if they were co MVPs. Apparently, they the votes that are cast for this, like thirteen people vote. It's before the two minute warning, which is insane. Um, but that's Stupid. that's where the NFL wants them. So that's probably why Donald.
1: What if the game goes to overtime?
0: Well, that's the thing, right? And that happened in the Brady Super Bowl. They can change their vote, but they have to submit a vote before the two-minute warning, which is crazy because you don't see the results until 20 minutes after the game anyway, but whatever. Stupid.
1: Let the confetti float and they vote in five minutes after
0: that. Yeah, that's right. I agree. But I, I would have been all right with either of them winning Stupid. MVP and, and Super Bowl MVP. It doesn't even matter. So who cares? Um, last one. And you and I probably sit on opposite sides of this. But the question is, does Joe Burrow ever make it back to a Super Bowl? And I want to start with a question we posed last week before the Super Bowl which was over under 0.5 Super Bowls for Joe Burrow. And you went over and I go under um and I'm curious to know if you still have that position but if you interestingly enough and this event av- this bet was available on the offshore's like Bovada and stuff and I don't I don't remember what the odds were. But if you took Joe Burrow under a half Super Bowl last week you're getting odds of you know they were plus 160 to win the game right so you're getting odds of i don't know minus 200 if you take him under a half this week you have to pay like minus a thousand just because it's so hard to get back to a super bowl right um so i'm curious to know would you still take joe burrow over one half super bowl yes really okay see i don't think i'm gonna
1: i'm gonna tell you why um he's a younger guy in the league he's only it's only second year in the league so he's got he's got plenty of time left um he's got weapons around him obviously they could clean up the offensive line even if it's not with cincinnati you may oh, you may and okay. when he starts to put up stats like across the board like what stafford did in detroit cincinnati's a little bit in better position right now than stafford was at sure. any point in his career um you got a you got a bona fide star wide receiver he's a rookie you got a stud at running back, which the, the Lions never had. Um, what Amir
0: Abdullah doesn't do it for you?
1: No, not <laughs> at all. But you may come into a situation where next five six years he keeps winning games, but they can't get over the hump. Maybe maybe a couple guys get hurt. He gets traded to a contender with better weapons around him, like Stafford did this year. Um, maybe. So I. I I still because he's so young and he's already gotten to this point so early in his career, he he knows how to get there. Now it's just getting over the last hurdle. And in my eyes, it's it's only a matter of time until Burrow wins a Super Bowl, whether it's with Cincinnati or not.
0: It's interesting because I'm going to take him under a half Super Bowl. I don't think he ever gets back to even play. I would take him under half of an appearance in a Super Bowl um, just because it's so hard to get there. And, yeah, he's young, but, you know, who else is young is Josh Allen and um, um, Herbert, right, and um, Mahomes, right? Mahomes isn't old, so he's still around. And the AFC is just stacked, and there's a very good chance that Rodgers ends up in the AFC next year, too. So, for that reason alone, I'm taking him under a half. I think that this Bagels team kind of had to win this one because, you know, and I've I've been using the word fluky a lot with them, but it's true. You know, they're they're a couple plays away from losing a month and a half ago. They're a couple plays away from missing the playoffs. Right. And I know that's true of a lot of teams that, that go throughout the season. It's just so hard to get there. And I, I, I don't know that they'll ever get to another one. I wouldn't assume, you know, like Al Michaels, his parting word, even he couldn't help himself on the broadcast, you know, watching Burrow walk off the field. He said, he'll be back. And I'm just thinking, I'm I'm not so sure he will be back. You can't take it for granted at the very least, right. He might get back, but I can't take this super bowl as a sign that he will Ever yeah, that.
1: but I think Burrow's kind of a weird situation where I feel like there's going to be guys around the league that we going that may want to take pay cuts and want to come play with him. Just he, like, I don't know. I, I think I think you're going to have that kind of scenario where um I mean if somehow they they land Gronkowski this off season. do uh,
0: so you think he makes any difference? I don't think he makes any difference.
1: No, but it's it's another it's a Hall of Fame weapon. And I mean, I you guess get, maybe you get a couple, you get a couple stars on the offensive line out of free agency to help button that up. It, it's a whole completely different ball game. I They have, they have the pieces. They're just one or two pieces short of being one of the best teams and something, some team to consider. Yeah. And I, know, and I mean, I know, they're fine. Like they're, we they're talk, not a bad team. The bills and chiefs are the cream of the crop right now, but right. I don't think Cincinnati is as far behind them as we're making them out to be right now.
0: Yeah, see, I think I think they're too much lumped in with those two teams in the general consensus. Vegas knows what's up. I think the Bengals' win total is nine and a half next year, and their Super Bowl odds are the same as the Ravens. I think they're like 21 to one or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they're 20 to one. On so, 20 to one. So they're not like, you know, the overwhelming favorite to get back there. I just think the Burrow hype is a little too early, man. Like, yeah, he had a good season. He wasn't phenomenal in any of these playoff games. He was fine. Um, but, but he didn't, you know, blow me away in any of these games. And, and I just, you know, I I would like to take a step back from all the Brady comparisons and everything to burrow for a second and say, he, there's a very good chance he may never get back here Right. And you want to say, okay, well, maybe the, if the bills beat the chiefs, I think they beat the Bengals, right? If the chargers tie with the Raiders or beat the Raiders. I think they beat the Bengals. So it's very easy to say that they could not get back here. Would I be surprised if the Bengals got back next year? Absolutely, I'd be floored. Would I be surprised if Burrow ends up in the Super Bowl in the next five to seven years? No, I think he very much could get back there, like you said, whether it's with the Bengals or somebody else. Um, I'd be very surprised if they did it next year. Maybe not as surprised if they did it in the next five years. Speaking of next year, let's talk about our way too early Super Bowl picks for next year. And I want to preface this by saying, My Rams bet was in June. So I'm not making any formal picks until the summer because we need to see what shakes out. Um, We need to see, you know, at least the beginnings of the off season before we make any formal picks, but it's never too early to have a little fun. And that's what we're doing with this. We're having a little futures fun. So we each have two picks. We have a more realistic pick and then we have a longer shot pick. And let's start with the realistic pick. I'm going to go boring. I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go with the bills, man. The bills are seven to one right now them and the chiefs are the favorites, both at seven to one. I think there's a very realistic shot that they make it back to the Super bowl and they win. And I think at the very least, they're going to be in the final four teams next year. And everybody's looking for this year's Bengals next year, right? Who's going to make it next year at 20 to one, or or they were what? 125 to one.
1: Well, the truth is
0: Tom Brady won seven Super Bowls, and he was probably predicted to win five or six of those. Right. So it doesn't always have to be a long shot. I think there's a pretty good shot. The bills get there and win. That's my predictive pick. How about you?
1: Yeah, I, and obviously this is contingent on a lot of things going on, but from what I've seen so far with Green Bay and this, I'm going to try and be as unbiased as possible here. Um, Their problem with special teams this year, we've discussed that at great length. They went out and hired probably the the best person for the job to, to, to handle their special teams already, which was the Raiders interim coach, which I think is a home run hire for them. Um, to get him on their Good staff because the mm-hmm. players, the players love to play for him. At least out in Oakland or uh, Vegas, uh, they love playing with him. And obviously, he has the command of them to get them. <laughs> Somehow, he got that team to the playoffs after all the turmoil that they went through throughout the year. Yeah. Um, I think it's a home run higher for the Packers, and they're, they're right now going at thirteen to one. But again, that's all completely contingent on
0: is Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers and
1: Devontae Adams coming back.
0: You got to watch Rodgers. If he leaves the Packers, your money's not on the Packers. No, game. that
1: that line probably goes to a hundred to one. If, if oh, Rodgers they're far happens. down
0: the list. Exactly. Yeah, they're they're
1: yeah. completely out of the uh, the. Picture. And
0: and that's why we say we got to wait a little bit, right? But do. If, if I, the I, chips I, fall as we think they will, those are our chalk picks. We'll call them right because the Packers are a top six or seven odds team. The Bills are the first top team, so those are our boring picks. And now. Let's get to our little more fun picks. This is actually a pick that I've already put $20 on for full disclosure. I had a free $20 bet in my DraftKings account. I put it on there. I suggest you do the same with five bucks. Why not, right? How about the Chargers, man? 25 to one on most books. There's a case they could have gotten there this year. Um, If they didn't blow that game against the Raiders in week 18, uh, I think the Raiders could have beaten the Bengals and almost did. And so I think that the Chargers definitely could have beaten the Bengals. And you say the biggest competition in the AFC is uh the Chiefs. Well, guess what? They're a division rival, and the Chargers have really not had a problem at least staying competitive with the Chiefs. So why not, man? Let's take a, a shot on Herbert, one of the probably the third best quarterback in the AFC, right? Behind Mahomes and Allen. And, and it's probably not that big of a talent gap. They have Austin Eckler, who's a fantastic running back. Um, and I was listening to him on a podcast this week talk about how he really thinks that they could have won the Super Bowl if they got to the playoffs and what, with what happened with the, with the, um, uh, the Bengals, you know, I say, why not 20 bucks on the chargers 25 to one right now. Let's see what happens.
1: Yeah. And we, we had, we had preached them at the beginning of this year and obviously they, they were just a, a year probably too early, but
0: yeah, I had them to win the division this year at six to one. It was looking great early on and then they, you know, stunk up the bed, but,
1: and I actually, I literally just changed my pick for this long shot. Literally just changed it. So I was I was gonna put the Bengals down just to disclose it, but uh, I feel like we talked about them too much. I'm gonna go with a team that was. They're still a very good team. Shortly, a couple years ago, they were the number one seed in the AFC, with the same quarterback running them, and they were just hammered with injury upon injury upon injury this year. So. You get all those guys healthy, and them coming back, you've got another contender with a young superstar quarterback with all with all his pieces, and you're not relying on third or fourth string or free agent pickups at running back. Um, the Ravens at twenty to one, something to consider here, just because if their guys get healthy and they stay relative. like, it's gonna be very rare that they run into the same exact run of injuries that they had. Like I don't think any team is more banged up than yeah. them. So you got to assume they're gonna be a lot healthier than they were last year. Um, but they they've had they've had playoff experience. Lamar Jackson's hungry. That that's another team with a young quarterback to throw into the Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow, Allen situation with the AFC. Yep. Um, I don't
0: hate that pick, man. Like I, you know, I, I love Lamar. I think he's a special talent. He was my MVP for eight to 10 weeks of the season because of what he was doing with that team. It was basically all him willing them to win. And then, you know, they ran out of steam, just too much to overcome. Um, But at 20 to one, that's probably the best odds that you'll see them. He's maybe the fourth or fifth best quarterback in the AFC right behind Herbert and uh, Mahomes and Allen. So why not take a shot on them? Uh, my brother-in-law is going to love that pick. A lot of Ravens support in uh, in my in-laws household, so that that'll go well. Um, and I think they could do it, man. I, I think they could do it. And I would love to see an AFC Championship game with one of those three teams: the Chargers, twenty-five to one; the Ravens, twenty to one; at the Bills, seven to one. If we have two of them going off, we've already won at that point, right? So hopefully we can catch some of these bets. We're going to talk a lot more futures during this off season as things progress. Um, we're also going to talk, you know, in the coming weeks, um, NBA, some college hoops, obviously we're getting towards March madness. So that'll be our focus uh, once we get a couple of weeks deeper here. Um, but a good NFL season, man, I, I think we did well for our first NFL season uh, together on the show. We definitely pitched some winners some losers out there as always but I I think overall we had more winners than losers
1: yeah I'm glad I'm glad this kind of stuck I know we tried this in the past and we believe lasted maybe like two episodes and just it just didn't stick but uh to basically run through the entire first season now we got some momentum going into some other sports obviously it's going to be a little bit down um without the NFL but uh again nba is going to pick up we're right at we're right at the all-star break for that so we're going to be getting to the home stretch and the playoff push there uh, so you're going to start seeing a lot of the superstars playing a lot more regularly so should help out with the lines and picks and then obviously march madness is another animal of itself and we're gonna we're gonna to start to wrap right into uh the first golf major of the year with the masters right around the corner. Oh, too. I can't wait. So, it's, so it's we're a about a time month, of year, man, we're about a month and a half out of there. So something we haven't really talked about too much in this podcast is the golf side of things. And I think that's something that uh, we're going to be leaning on in the next several weeks as the majors and the big turn, like players championships in a couple weeks, Masters shortly after that, and you start the string with the majors. And uh, I'm in a couple uh, season long pools. So I'm going to be paying quite a bit of attention to uh, golf over the next several months um, and hopefully uh, lead you guys down the path to get some winners out of these tournaments.
0: Yeah, man, there's some money to be made in golf for sure. And I don't know if I told you this, but speaking of the NBA and superstars, you know, I got tickets to that net Sixers game, March 10th with, with Simmons coming, coming back home. And I hope they all play. And I'm just envisioning the scene where Ben Simmons misses two free throws in the second half of that game. And Wells Fargo center thing is uh, if, if an away player misses two free throws, everybody in the stadium gets free Frosties. So I can only imagine the ruckus crowd that will go on if Ben Simmons misses two free throws and we're all oh, going home with free I frosties. think
1: you're going to get a similar atmosphere to the Texas-Texas Tech matchup that happened a couple of weeks ago where the, the former Texas Tech coach took the Texas job uh, starting this year his first game back and the fans were just ripping into him, basically calling him a traitor. And the, the, the underdogs, Texas tech ended up winning that game. So you got, you got Simmons coming back in in Philly and we we all know how those fans are going to be. So it's, it could be Christmas in March.
0: Well, and it's, it's funny. And, and I see my wife chiming in on the chat. How did we not talk about Ben Simmons? Um, we probably should have talked more about Ben Simmons, but we'll get to that in our next episode because we'll have some time to talk about him. And we were talking about this because she's obviously going to the game with me and we were talking about, you know, she doesn't know the whole story of Simmons quitting on Philadelphia, essentially. And I was telling her like, you know, if he plays in this game, it, it could be a similar reaction to like LeBron going back to Cleveland because of how much Philadelphia hates Ben Simmons and I think it'll be the loudest atmosphere I've ever been a part of for sure
1: it should, it'll it be the best atmosphere probably all year in an NBA regular season game or not I think so too and it should be a and, good game it's a, and, it's a TNT from game. What, from what I've seen uh he is looking towards that game being his first game back now if he says that and doesn't show I, th-
0: I think he's going to play before that, but I think that'll be, you,
1: you know, see, I, I, I you think he's going to play that game. You could see Armageddon if he's at that game on the bench. If he play doesn't that. play, he can't even show up. He can't don't even travel. Can go, I think you can't go to that arena. Not I, at all. I Just.
0: I think he for, plays. For maybe for he tries to exercise safety. some demons. Um, you know, Harden will be playing by then, and Durant should be healthy by then too, and Kyrie can play in Philadelphia. So I'm hoping that all the stars come out. Maybe it's a where good do, game. Where
1: where'd you where where are your seats?
0: oh uh, we're like barely in the arena man like top top of the top deck but i just needed to be in the crowd for this one
1: yeah it should be a that should be an unbelievable atmosphere if all the players it, are, it should are be actually good. Playing well, that maybe
0: maybe we'll try to do something um you know live from the stadium at that point i'll, I'll have to place a hefty wager but it'll have to be on the sixers in that game because there's not a chance in hell i can even hint about rooting for the nets in that atmosphere or else i'll uh I'll get beaten up in the stadium or something. Philly's crazy, <laughs> um, but hey, this was good, man. Thanks for you know our good first NFL season. Looking forward to keeping the profits rolling. Thanks for everybody who tuned in on YouTube again. Chat was pretty lively tonight, so thank you for that. Keep tuning in on Wednesdays. Uh, we'll be back next episode talking some hoops, talking some NFL offseason. Yeah, until... f-
1: follow the Twitter for for more of our. Ah, I forgot to plug it. Follow
0: the Twitter. We're going to be doing picks every night, just as usual. Burke's going to get his winning streak coming eventually. Uh, I'm going to keep the NBA money flowing. And until next time, my friends, let's go make some money.
1: Let's do it.